The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 148 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I am Dano the Mano, the noise of the North, recording from the Boathouse Studio on Glass City, a.k.a. Lake Sawyer. Why don't you grab a snack you like, get comfortable, because I'm here to bring you your bi-weekly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by wake responsibly guys whatever you like to do behind the boat make sure you're doing it responsibly keep your music at reasonable levels remember sound travels so easy over the water minimize those repetitive passes and stay at least 200 feet away from the shorelines it's easy and common etiquette head on over to wakeresponsibly.com right now to take the wake responsibly compliance exam because you will be happy you did guys i'm seeing those reviews flow in on itunes and apple Podcasts, and i can't thank you all enough all of your reviews and five star ratings have made this mano's heart swell You guys are the ones that keep elevating this podcast and honestly, the entire sport. So please don't stop now. And if you've been waiting for the right time to leave a five-star review, the time is now. And also, I would like to remind all of you that in addition to listening and sharing all 148 episodes of this, the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, we are also on a multitude of podcast listening applications for Android devices. We're on SoundCloud and my very own website. It's called noiseofthenorth.com. And I'm sure you guys are scrolling through your phone right now. So just go ahead and shoot me a follow on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And don't forget to follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook as well. We got a good one in store for you guys today. Our guest is a water sports film wizard extraordinaire, Jake Snyder. Jake has a long history with this podcast going all the way back to episode 10 with Parks Bonifay, where a young Jake was there to help provide some technical assistance on the sound and some moral support for the Mano. Well, how the times have changed. Now Jake is his own full-fledged guest here on the podcast, and I couldn't be happier about it. He's been climbing up the ladder and making a name for himself as one of the most in-demand videographers our sport has to offer. For those of you who are not familiar with his work, I highly encourage you to check out Jake Snyder Films on YouTube. That's S-N-I-D-E-R, Jake Snyder Films on YouTube, and watch some of the best 
web edits in the entire sport, even outside the sport. The man is a true artist. So Jake came over nice and early for the interview. He showed up with a five-gallon tank of gas or maybe two five-gallon tanks for the boat, but I don't really know. It was very much appreciated. That day we rode behind my neighbor's old-school 1990 classic Ski Nautique because he's the one who's got the boom. We got a gnarly barefooting session in before we recorded the podcast and then a nice two-ski session directly after. I filmed them both. I don't know. We'll probably uh, let some of that footage out on social media, so make sure you guys keep an eye out for it. But So Jake is actually from my neck of the woods up in Illinois, and we were actually introduced to each other by one of our good mutual friends, Jarrell, who also happens to be the owner of our newest sponsor here on the podcast, Midcoast Customs. If you're looking for the best all-around professional vinyl wrap shops specializing in commercial vehicle wraps, custom graphics, wall wraps, and boat wraps, then you got to check them out. Locations in Rockford, Illinois, where Jake is from, and Central Florida, where Jake and I are both living. Uh, Midcoast Customs are 3M preferred installers, and they've been leading the way in vinyl wrap installation for years. I know this because I worked with Jarrell all the way back in 2012-2013. Midcoast Customs has an amazing eye for detail and they guarantee all their work. So whether you have one car or a fleet of 100 vehicles to wrap, Jarrell and his team have got you covered, literally. To see their work and get a quote, head over to midcoastcustoms.com, M-I-D-C-O-A-S-T hyphen, Customs.com. All right, let's get into it with Jake Snyder right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. What's up? What's up? And welcome to the Boathouse Studio. Jake, what's up, man? Oh, man. I'm happy to be here. This place is sick. I'm loving the collection of water skis around me right now. And I'm a little jealous of a few of these sets you got here. I might have to try to sneak a pair into my truck and leave the pair I brought here or something. Yeah, yeah. You're no, you're no stranger to getting a couple of skis from Dan or the Mano. You're, uh, you've, you've had uh, some accomplishments at Feet on Fire South, right? I got a couple from you. I, I was lucky enough to win uh, Step of the Day two years in a row, and... Uh, yeah, those are hanging in the office right now, so I get to take a peek at those. I haven't skied on them yet, though. Are you going to ski on the, their trophies? Are you going to mount them up? I mean, right now they're they're standing up against the wall, but one of these days I might just have to ski on them just yeah. to say I did it. You know. Well, uh, quite the performance, uh, a two-time competitor at Feet on Fire and actually, what, a three-time? Uh, you've, you've been to the event three times? I think I've more. only been there twice. Twice, but maybe I have been there three no, but years. No, before you competed. You've competed two times, but you've actually watched it, right? I have. <laughs> One of my very first trips to Florida, I think back in 2010 after high school graduation, I uh, came down and I was dropped off at Feet on Fire, and that was on Clear Lake, and that was quite the experience, to yeah, say did, the least. Did you know what you were getting in? Did you know what the event was or anything? At at that time, I think I had heard of it, but I had no idea what it was really going to be like when I showed up there that day. Yeah. And did it deliver? It delivered. We had a great time. <laughs> and since that day, you always wanted to be a part of it and your dream came true. I'd say that's pretty close to reality, Dano. I mean, I didn't know that I would ever get the chance to do it, and I'm super pumped to have had the chance now and to take home a little trophy from the day. It's it's cool. And if we if we were to do rankings, you're probably in like 
the top 10 overall for feet on fire south because you right you're like you've made it i made it a few rounds rounds. yeah i I can't remember what i did the first year but i definitely made it into the third round this last year the top either four or eight i guess um i did a few bomb outs and we made it around a few times before we find out where you're from and and everything i want to talk a little bit about some of your credentials a lot of times we wait till the end but um you're a guy who's behind a computer screen. You're a guy who's uh, behind a camera lens often. And most people uh, maybe see your names or, or your name pop up on a screen, but a lot of your work also your name doesn't get put onto it. So uh, I, I was hoping you could start off um, by telling us of some of your more well-known projects that you've been involved with over the years. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest project that I got to be a part of was actually one of my first projects. And when I originally moved to Florida, I moved in with Sean Kilgis, who's known for many wakeboard films, and I owe a lot to him and his guidance. Um, but I got to work on Prime with him for my whole first year being in Florida. And we traveled all over. The only shoot I really didn't end up on was Australia, but we went and shot all over Florida. We shot at the Blue Lake. We went out to California and shot on the Delta, which was probably one of my favorite parts of the trip. And uh, and from there, we I've worked on small web edits. I've done a couple pieces with the World Barefoot Center, which are one of my favorite groups to work with. Those guys are usually down to try just about any crazy idea I have for them. And um, and yeah, and then we've worked with some of the boat companies and for uh, Wakeboard Mag and Water Ski Mag and all the boat tests that boating does. And um, I've been really fortunate to travel all over and work on these different web pieces and, and get to do what I really like to do. And so how old are you, Jake? I'm 28 now. And so how many years have you kind of professionally been working in the industry? Uh, so I moved to Florida in 2013, and that's when I really dove in head first. So I've had seven years here. I picked up a camera in 2010, um, so now 10 years really behind a camera. But my first couple of years were weddings and corporate things and things that weren't near as exciting. But I definitely learned a lot from those shoots. And I'm thankful for that experience because it did help me when I got down here and I was ready to shoot with the people that I really looked up to and, and the things that I was excited to work on, it helped. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's awesome. So we get a, a little background right there. Um, I want to go deeper in since you just mentioned um, getting to work with some of the guys that, that you looked up to. You actually grew up as a Toad Water Sports enthusiast and an athlete yourself. Also, you and I kind of have some... Um, deep-rooted ties back in the day. We're both from um, Illinois, and although I show skied in Wisconsin, you were a little bit of a part of a a ski show team in Illinois. Um, So let's just kind of rewind here and go back to the beginning. Um, How you were um, how you were introduced to the sport, um, like family, um, what you guys did, um, you know, recreational into like getting a part of the ski show three event. I don't know if you have any of that, but um, talk a little bit uh, about your past and your history there. Yeah, Dano. So I was fortunate to grow up on a river in Illinois, the Rock River, and my parents had a place on the water. And from as early as I can remember, we've been water skiing and it was always just recreational for fun and we do a little bit of everything Uh, my parents had me out on the boom at four years old skiing and that kind of progressed by the time i was seven i was barefooting on the boom and it never really stopped every summer it was all right let's do a little bit more a little more and my dad was always big on just go out have fun 
it doesn't matter, you know, if it's like you're pushing really hard or not, but try and, um, and enjoy it. So he was always big on, he still is big on like, it doesn't matter what group of people you go out with, just go out and ski on whatever they've got in the boat and have a good time and, and try a little bit of everything, which was really cool. And that kind of evolved into high school where I met a group of guys and they were like, Jake, come ski with us on the ski Bronx. And that's the water ski show team there. And I'm like, all right, well, I've never really done that, but I'd love to give it a try. So I did three years of that. We skied on the show team. I learned how to build pyramids and do conventional doubles. And I was doing bomb outs in the show and wakeboarding in the show. I started jumping a little bit and, um, I learned a heli and I think I only actually ever did one heli successfully, but, uh, but that was cool. It was fun. And, um, and it just kind of kept going. It was always the, probably the most important thing to me every year was to get out and ski in who, Illinois. That wasn't a long summertime, but it was, it was good. Who, who are the early influences for your dad? Like who, like what was, what was your dad watching? Was he a competitor? Was he a show ski? Like what were, what was influencing him to influence you out there? Yeah. So my dad, um, was water skiing as a young teenager and, you know, he was watching guys like Mapple and Siple and those guys and just trying to figure it out on his own. He didn't have a strong group of people that he was skiing with. They had a, an old, I believe it was a Baja jet boat, and that's what they were using. They put a boom on there to help learn how to barefoot, but I'm pretty sure the early days of that were just figuring it out behind the boat and hoping for the best. And um, so, you know, that just kind of, he got better. He met more people that skied. He did do a little bit of skiing on the show team. Uh, just a short year or two and uh, but he loved it it was something that he got us into young and um, and we all really fell in love with it and it was so cool that our whole family could just jump in the boat and go skiing a lot of times it was just dad and us kids but uh, we really had a good time and it's probably the most dominant memory I have from childhood stuff I find it so crazy because I grew up in, the, in doing the ski show stuff too. And we spent a lot of time water skiing even before we were part of the ski show stuff. And we knew that there was a such thing as three event. I don't necessarily knew that, know that we knew it as three event. We knew that there was a barefoot, but we didn't know what, what that all entailed. Um, but we weren't really at a, at a point before we actually saw our first ski show, we weren't really drawn to any main aspect of toad water sports like in a serious way we just knew that we seriously liked doing it and progressing at it um is that is that kind of how you guys lived and then oh but with that being said too uh, I, I find it just so crazy because you come down to florida and the purists of just wakeboarding versus the purists of just like traditional style water skiing and where back in the midwest guys like you and me are kind of the norm down here it's like we're a diamond in the rough in a way yeah so for me it was exactly the same i didn't care what i did behind the boat i just wanted to figure out how to do it better it didn't matter if i was wakeboarding slalom skiing barefooting kneeboarding like we would go out and we'd pack all of that in the malibu response and just go do a set of everything while we we're out and when i transferred myself down to florida in 2013 i was a little lost like the crew that i ended up with we're all wakeboarders and that's all they did. It was like, they didn't even think of going barefooting or just out on a pair of combo skis for a rip, you know, and they would only go out if the water was perfect. And in my head, I'm like, guys, we're missing out, you know, but, um, how is it that you get, con okay. So I, I was wondering that about you though, because I know you do wakeboard and I know that even pre Florida wakeboarding was something that you were into and stuff, but it wasn't your motivation to necessarily move down to Florida. And just like me, I, my motivation actually was water skiing. And 
the funny thing is, is I didn't link up with real water skiers for a long time, but I was always out riding with wakeboarders. Yeah. It's very similar kind of thing for me. Like when I moved down, I'm like, sweet, I can water ski all year round. I can do a little bit of everything. But what that really turned into is I'm going to wakeboard year round now. And it took me a while to find anybody else to go do anything with. And the first couple of years here, I didn't have a boat. So it was, you know, hey, Kilgis, can we go wakeboard? Or, hey, Danny, can we go for a set? And, you know, we'd try to find different people. And I actually spent a lot of time riding at the cable the first year because that was the easiest way to get on the water. I didn't have to ask anybody for a pull. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it took a while to meet people that did more than just wakeboard and uh the first group that that was was another set of purists if you will the world barefoot center and all they do is barefoot um but it gave me an option to go do something else and it gave me another group to hang out with and not just have to think about wakeboarding where where does this come from like with us where because here you are today at my place we've already gone barefooting we're about to go combo skiing we're gonna go maybe ride the disc we're gonna just goof around and have fun on everything but like that's every single day to me. Um, and I feel like growing up, that that was what it was like, too. That we would take a shoe ski set, a barefoot set, a trick ski set. The girls would be swivel skiing. Then we'd do some pyramids and stuff like that. And you come down here, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to go wakeboard and maybe wake surf, you know? Or straight up, I'm going to go slalom ski, you know? Or, hey, I'm just going to barefoot. Um Where's that disconnect, you know, from like the Midwest to, to down here where it's like so, um, I don't want to say segregated, but like sectored off or mate or something like that. I honestly wish I could tell you, but I can tell you this. I feel like the rest of them are missing out because there's so many ways to have fun behind the boat. And for me, the best way to not ever get burnt out back there is just grab a different skiing utensil. I mean, there's my ski closet has a whole bunch of different you know, things to ride in it. And I love that about it. It's like, ah, today it's a little rough. I'm going to grab the combos and just go rip around and jump the wake and have fun and, and not care that I didn't have a perfect barefoot set or a great wakeboard set because the wake wasn't going to be good today. Or Talk about how your um, kind of the views of you being able to do that, um, having a little bit of the wakeboard side, the, the barefoot side, the water ski side, because I know that you've done some major projects across the board and worked with some major personalities um, all over the field of towed water sports. Uh, guys like Marcus Brown in water skiing, you've done some insane projects with him. Uh, you've already mentioned the World Barefoot Center, but even before that, Keith St. Ange, um, the stuff you're doing with him, and of course, uh, uh, wakeboarding, uh, some of the biggest names. And even now, what I, what I love is um, you've been helping some of the up-and-coming riders too, uh, get their names out there with some of the most uh, cinematically uh, well-done um, edits out there. So uh, talk a little bit about the, the different personalities, I guess, and, and how it is working with all those guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. And every um, – they all have their different, you know – buttons if you will it seems like the wakeboarders are the most relaxed and laid back and most likely to maybe be late to the shoot or least prepared uh most of the barefoot crew they're like they're ready to go if i'm like hey i want to shoot at sunrise the boat's gassed up and we're idling on the lake 
but well, it's still dark half the time. And they're like, all right, when do you want to go? And I'm like, well, guys, we have 30 more minutes until there's light. So we're just going to have to sit here for a bit. Um, you know, and the water skiers, they're like, all right, we're doing six passes. I hope you can get it in six passes. It seems like most of the time, you know, they're like, let's go do it and then we'll be done. And it, uh, it is certainly interesting when you bounce around from the different sports or different pieces of toad water sports, how everybody's got a little bit of a, a thing or, or something that may be totally different. And you even see it in the way they drive or the way they pick up their skier, you know, it's like slalom skiers don't even have to worry about sending rollers down somewhere they just whip the boat around and go back to their skier but the rest of the, the wakeboarders and barefooters are a lot more careful with the way they pick up their skiers and it's uh it's it's been interesting i wouldn't say that anybody's really really different but they are definitely a little different <laughs> do you ever get to uh drop some of your talents because i know you are a very talented wakeboarder you know you're 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 basically your your normal show ski guy like uh like me, you know, good at everything, amazing, not necessarily at anything, you know, but you are pretty dang amazing at most of, mostly what you do, uh, a lot of style. But do you ever show up at a water ski shoot and show them some of your wakeboard stuff or at a wakeboard shoot and show them some barefoot or barefoot water ski, something like that? And, and how does that um, and how do they take that? Uh, I haven't gotten to do that as many times as I would like to. Uh, that's one thing that totally... Uh, I missed the mark on when I guessed at what it would be like on a, on a shoot day as I thought, all right, cool, I'll shoot these guys and then I'll get a chance to ski. And that happens a lot less than I'd like it to. Um, but I've had a few moments where I got to wakeboard in front of uh, Ben Greenwood. And I remember his comment being like, Jake, you're kind of like that girl that you know is kind of cute. But then she takes off her shorts and her shirt and gets in her bikini and she's like way cuter than she thought she was <laughs> or you thought she was. And, it, and that made me feel pretty good because coming from Ben, obviously, he's got some style and he's been around a long time. Um, that one that one hit home. But uh, but yeah, I mean, every now and then I get a chance. It's not as frequent as I'd like, um, but it is cool to to hear that from people that have been in this industry a long time and it makes you feel feel a little good I, you know who were who were some of the other like influential um people that um you looked up to kind of as a, a a water sportsman growing up so just like many people sean murray was definitely one of those guys that i had a poster of on my wall um key saint Ange was definitely the barefooter that i you know looked to as like the guy i wanted to meet or ski with or ski like um I'd say those were a couple of the biggest ones and I'll never forget like my first time filming Sean Murray. I'm pretty sure we were doing a Nautique um, uh, video for wakeboarding magazine and watching him ride and have so much fun was just, I couldn't stop smiling. I'm behind the camera and I'm just grinning ear to ear because I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I'm getting to hang out and shoot with him and, and he's just having a blast and it looks like this is not work at all for him. And, and he's like, you know, railies and tumble turns and having a great time. And, and it was kind of that same thing. The first time I got to shoot Keith St. Ange down at the world barefoot center, they're just going out and they're having fun and I'm smiling and just, I couldn't believe what I was doing. I was thankful that I remembered to push record on those days because I probably would have not worked again, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, that was cool stuff. I want to, I want to stay on the subject of Keith St. Ange for a moment here because 
a couple of years ago, you were working with a crew out of ChicagoFootin.com, and they were a great sponsor of the podcast and many of the events we do. And unfortunately, I feel like those guys have taken a little bit of a break, but they were doing some really good stuff for for the sport. And one of those um, things was creating some insane content, including a Keith St. Ange video uh, that was done uh, amazingly, stealthily. I don't really know. I don't know if we want to talk about uh, the back end of it. But anyways, can, uh, can you talk? Tell us. Uh, tell me more about what I'm. Tell everybody who's listening more about um, this video project that I'm talking about. Yeah. So it was right before a hurricane was about to hit here in Florida. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I got a call from from footin.com, their guys, and they're like, Jake, do you think you can be here in four days? We have an idea. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's see what we can do. So we s- packed up our gear and I headed north and we had to do some scouting. They had some ideas and basically they wanted to barefoot down the Chicago River, which is full of water taxis and all kinds of boat traffic that's that are big boats and making waves that you're not going to barefoot through. So we had Wait, to... Wait, before you go any further, though, that's not even the worst of what is in that river. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the Chicago River that runs down the middle of Chicago. So yeah. that water... Uh, guys, I don't mean to brag, but Lake Sawyer is as beautiful as I say. It's crystal clear. Um, the Chicago River, sometimes it's green. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nasty. And we actually had to have uh we had i'm trying to think of what it was called it was some high-end soap for hospitals so we could sterilize keith when we got done um so as soon as he got out we completely washed him down on the back of the truck we had water jugs and an insane amount of soap probably like a five gallon pumper of soap that we just describe the uh describe the project and and what went into it because it this was probably one of the coolest things we've ever had in our sport yeah so so when i got up there we did a bunch of scouting we had to figure out what was going to be the best spot for a shot that you know scream chicago we had to have enough camera guys on all around this spot so that we could you know capitalize on one maybe two runs and we had to figure out what time we were going to do it and we had to find a boat launch and, you know, everything that goes into putting a boat in the water and whatnot. So, And is there a lot of water skiing on the Chicago River? As far as I know, there's no water skiing on the Chicago River. You're technically not supposed to swim in it, so I'm guessing you're not supposed to water ski in it. Um, we, we did everything we could to be as quick and stealthy as possible. We mounted GoPros up and down the seawall that we just left there until we could come back, like, hours later. We, um, we had to put the boat in like eight miles from where we were actually skiing. A lot of it was no wake. So I think we launched the boat around three 30 in the morning, idled up, waited for sunrise. And when we thought it was good, we went for it and we had three drones in the air, which is probably frowned upon, um, in that area. And we had, uh, I think four guys on land shooting and then I was in the boat shooting and Keith is like, all right. I guess this is a good time to do it. So we went for it and we had about, I'd call it maybe a mile stretch that we could ski and Keith skied all the way down it. And, um, we got to the end and we're like, well, I guess we could do it one more time. So we ran back up and we skied it one more time as the sun was coming up again. So it worked out awesome. After our second pass, we headed straight to the boat launch, pulled the boat out, washed Keith down 
and uh we grabbed a boat later and went and picked up the gopros like six hours later off the uh <laughs> off the seawall and then it was a there was a good amount of time before you guys actually released that video too right yeah i think we waited a few months we were pretty busy with a lot of the other projects we were doing at the time so we were kind of like let's just wait on this one just in case we catch any heat um but fortunately Nobody got too upset about it, and uh, we even did an interview with Keith about the whole project that, if you guys are interested, to check out that full-length video, and that'll give you the real story about how he felt about the situation. Is that and, stuff uh, still on footin.com, or is there like another Yeah, place I think footin.com's YouTube should have it. Otherwise, I'll have to, to double-check. We might have to put some links Start in. Start reloading that yeah, stuff yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. we got to make sure people are watching those videos. Yeah, you guys, did a, you guys did a bunch of – you've been a part of a bunch of uh, really creative, fun, outside-the-box shows. So aside from that one with with Keith, are there uh, any others that stand out? Yeah, I mean, we shot Marcus Brown slalom skiing behind a snowmobile in the snow. We shot Keith barefooting behind a snowmobile across a lake um, that was not frozen, which was an interesting day. Uh, we did some stuff with uh, some snow snowmobilers out in, uh, I think it was Idaho, um, which was really, really fun and uh some mountain biking stuff we did with that group we did all kinds of videos really fast and we had a we had a lot of fun shooting those projects they were always an adventure yeah for sure to for say sure. the least yeah i miss those guys i hope that uh brent and the crew are able to kind of circle back and come back into this whole thing i know uh he just had a baby and everything so congrats on, on that hey gonna take a quick break i just wanted to jump in here and share a fun fact about jake did you guys know that Jake carries around a 35-year-old set of O'Brien combo water skis. They're older than him, and he still rides them. Uh, if that's not a testament to the quality of O'Brien products, I don't know what is. If you want to ride your own pair of quality skis, head on over to O'Brien.com and pursue their massive selection of not just water skis, but wakeboards tubes and basically anything you can tie behind a boat or ride behind a boat or just even have fun on the water with they even have all the ropes that you need for it all for a full look at their product catalog check out their website it's o'brien.com while you're there find a local dealer and stay up to date with all the latest o'brien news the website again is o'brien.com o-b-r-i-e-n com check them out today as far as the video stuff goes you said you got into it around um 2010 who kind of uh influenced you into getting started uh into video yeah so i picked up a camera right after graduation in 10 2010 and we went on a trip to florida and that's actually how i ended up at feet on fire the first time was that trip and I filmed the whole trip basically with my group of buddies, which were all water ski guys that um, I grew up skiing with Tyler Baxter, uh, John Anderson, Jacob Kling. And on the plane ride home, I was actually editing that video. And the guy sitting next to me happened to be a guy that did video production for a living. So he asked me and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? You know? And I'm like, ah, oh, just editing some stuff. And he's like, well, you know, if that's something you're into, you could make a career out of that. Right. And I, it was just a light bulb moment. I'm like, okay, well, 
how do I do that? Uh, how old? Because you're like 22 at this time. At or, that point, I was only 18. Oh, gosh. So you just so, finished high school. Yeah, I had just finished high school, and I didn't know what I was going to do. You I hadn't signed up plans. for any classes for the fall. I was working at a company that um, I built swing sets, and I loaded chemicals into a truck with a forklift. That's what I was doing at the time. And I pick just picked up a camera, and I wanted to do something more. So as soon as I realized that there was potential for me to do something else with it, I tried to find, you know, some sort of school. I looked around and where I ended up was actually my community college, Rock Valley Community College in Illinois. And they had a really cool film certificate program and it took about 18 months. So I was like, this is perfect. I can keep skiing at home with the ski team and I can go to school and figure this stuff out. And that's what I did. So right when I was wrapping that up, <clears throat> I was I went to um, Wakeboard Worlds, which happened to be in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin that year, and Sean Kilgus was there filming. So I recognized him from other projects of his that I had at this, seen. At this point, do you already have some – like are you starting to make goals for yourself before you meet Kilgus at this point? Yeah, at that point, I knew that it would be really awesome to end up in Florida. Like as long as I can remember, I wanted to move to Florida. So I just figured – He's in Florida. Maybe that could kind of work. So I went up and I'm like, hey, I'm really excited for your new movie, Defy, to come out. And, you know, if you ever need some help, I'd love to be a part of it. And uh, he's like, hey, I'll be done soon. Let's chat when uh, when I get to finish here. So I waited, you know, 30 minutes or so. And we talked for for a good little bit and we exchanged information and we stayed in touch for a little bit. And about uh, six months later, I was on my way for a spring break ski trip with our families and my buddy Jimmy messaged Kilgus on Facebook basically until he responded. And we were in Winter Haven. He was in Claremont. He's like, guys, just come up. Let's shoot a little piece. I'm doing this thing for the wakeboard camp. You guys can help out if you want. And we're like, okay, when do we show up? You know, so Jimmy and I jump in the car and um, we filmed with him. And Jimmy's a real outgoing guy. So Kilgus and Jimmy hit it off immediately. And I was just kind of there working hard and trying to do the best I could. And when he saw some stuff that we'd shot, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys kind of got this figured out. So we um, it just kind of snowballed from there. We went out to dinner with them. Uh, we were Jimmy and I were staying an extra week on that trip. So we decided let's just hit up Kilgus again and see if we can do something else with him. So I think we did another day or two of shooting with yeah, him. Most, most people come to Florida. They're like, I want to go ride with Sean. Yeah. Murray. You're like, I'm going to go shoot some videos exactly. with uh, Sean Kilgus. Exactly. So, and it was just like, I couldn't believe that worked. And that snowballed into another thing where Kilgus was like, Hey, I'm about to start shooting this new film prime. I could use you guys to come and help, you know, if you want. So we're like, okay, how do we Is do that? Like an apprenticeship or something like that. At that of? point it was like, Hey, here's these two kids that want to help me. I'll pay them some cash and they'll come down and help. So Jimmy and I went home to Illinois. Two weeks later, we're back in the car driving back to Florida to go shoot with prime and, or for prime. And there's helicopters buzzing over our heads and I'm holding a $10,000 camera that Kilgus just gave me to, to shoot with. And I'm like, Okay, I'll do my best. Do you even know how to use the, that camera at the time, or are you kind of faking it till you make it? It was a little fake it till you make it, but it, he gave me a quick rundown, and I had a little bit of an idea. I'm like, well, point, focus, and hit record. So um, I just remember getting shots that I thought I, you know, stuff that I never thought I'd get before. And I'm, it's, uh, I'm trying to think who was in the boat that day. I think Rathy, Rusty, and you know, all of these guys are on posters in my bedroom you know, in Illinois. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. 
And how are you, how are you playing it off? I I was trying to keep it cool, but I was definitely like, you know, a young kid at this point, I think I was 20 because it was about a, I was finished with the certificate. So 20 or 21 and like, you know, shaved head, just a little kid from Illinois that was trying to make it. And, um, yeah. So, and like, Basically, another month later, Kilgus hit us up to do another job in Tennessee. We drove from Illinois to Tennessee, shot with him on that project. And then when I got home from that project, I was at the skate park, and I remember Kilgus calling, and he goes, hey, man, I just closed on my house. If you want to move in, I got a room, and you can have a job. I don't know how much money I can pay you, but if you want it, it's yours. And I said, I'll be there in like and, a week. And that's, the, and that's a foot in the door, right? Yep. So I packed the car. I actually took my mom's car at that time <laughs> and I packed my wakeboard and my desk, my computer and my camera stuff that I had at the time. And I drove to Florida and I didn't really ever come back to yeah. Illinois. So. That's, a, that's probably right around the time you and I actually had met also. Cause I recall when I first, uh, started the podcast i needed some help one time and yep. you showed up and helped me yeah with we the recording. recorded with parks i think yep yep so that goes all the way back to like episode number 11 and this is like episode 150 something so <laughs> that's yeah, pretty cool we've uh we've we've definitely uh come come a real long way my friend yep it's been a wild ride, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. It's been awesome. What are uh, what are some of the big projects that you've been working on lately? Because um, obviously, we the industry doesn't really have the full features like we once did. But I know you're still heavily involved, and you've had a lot of opportunities with the manufacturers and stuff. So what what's going on there? Yeah, so I've been super lucky to do <clears throat> a lot of work with the manufacturers. And Bonnier Publications, who owns wakeboarding and water skiing and boating and sport fishing and a number of other magazines, has kept me really busy. Um, they do all the boat tests and the boat reviews and whatnot. So that's kind of been my, my main focus lately. Um, and what I'd really like to do more of are these like little passion projects that are you know, my most recent one was uh, a shoot with the World Barefoot Center and Ben Grown and Ashley Stebbings. Um, so I've done that and, um, I'm trying to think what else was recent. We did, uh, what, were you part of the Nautique shoot too or no? Yeah. So we shot for Nautique the last few years. I've been helping them, uh, Ryan Wolf and myself and Cole Vanthoff is on some of that as well. And uh, those, the, those shoots are gnarly. I did, uh, I did, um, the Paragon G23, uh, the Paragon G23, um, comparison video with Sean Murray and I got there at 7:30 in the morning and thought it was going to be, you know, I, I had eight lines. I thought it was going to be a quick day. Um, how, how did some of those days go? Because, because everybody has to look at you at home and be like, you got the dream, bro. You're just sitting out there in the boat all day long. Oh yeah. I did see you at that shoot the other day. I did see you at the Nautique shoot. You don't That's even right. remember. I walked in and you were walking out, but th- it was, <laughs> It, it's, it seems hectic. It's it's a long day. Our normal is to be there an hour before sunrise. So right now in Florida, that's show up at 530, which means waking up at 430, which doesn't seem that bad. A lot of people do that. But then you're outside for upwards of, I don't know, 14, 16 hours. And uh, by hour eight, which is really only lunchtime. And that's also when the, it usually starts raining. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're waiting on rain or trying to keep your gear dry. Um, there are long, hot days. I love it, though. They're some of my favorite days. 
in in all reality the the thing that keeps it going on those days are the crew we got a great crew on the boat everybody's pretty much just harassing and making fun of each other the whole time and that's what keeps it fun we all know that at the end of the day we got each other's backs and we're there to work hard what about the athletes and their dynamic are those guys pretty easy to work with come on at least give us one <laughs> you know as long as you can get them to show up on time we're good to go uh every now and then somebody will sleep in a little bit or forget about the shoot or um, but all those guys are, you know, they're pretty good. Everybody's got, you know, everybody's got their thing. And when people get hungry or thirsty, they, they want to be done. But, uh, but we always power through there. There are days where everybody wants to strangle each other, but, uh, nobody's, nobody's been thrown overboard yet. So sure. we're doing all right. Hey, you mentioned uh, a recent project you just did with, um, with Ashley Stubbings and Ben Groen from the World Barefoot Center. And I'm like looking at that as almost like you coming back around and, and, and going full circle. Um, I know those guys were part of your early days too, as you were getting into it. So, um, talk a little bit about that. And then also, um, the fact that you have been, uh, spending a lot of time behind the water or behind the boat yourself or next to the boat, um, enhancing your skills as well on your bare feet. Yeah. So barefooting's always been one of those things for me that I wanted to be really good at. Um, I still have a lot to learn, but the last few months I've had the opportunity to do a lot more of it. And with that, um, I've kind of hit up Ben and Ashley and I'm like, Hey, I've got time. It sounds like you guys have time. Let's do an edit. So we came up with some ideas and, um, we just started shooting. We did three or four mornings and we lucked out big time with like perfect sunrises and glass. We were running right down the middle of the lake, I think two of the three days. So it doesn't get much better than that. And, um, and they both went out with great attitudes, willing to try new things. We did, uh, something pretty cool with Ben where he did a front to back jumping out of the side of the boat to ski on the five foot line, which is that even safe? I don't know. I don't know how he did it. it. He definitely took a couple slams. The funny thing is the day that we came up with the idea, he just barely missed the first one and then stuck two of them. No problem. And the day we actually went to shoot it, he got worked on a handful of them. And then we had to come back another day to try some more, but we knew we couldn't not have that in this video. We're like, it's too important. You know, that's the, that's the hook on the video. So we, um, he, he's powered through. Fortunately, we didn't rip any arms off or dislocate any shoulders. And, uh, and yeah, so that worked out pretty good. And Ashley did some, um, like flips on the high boom and learned side slides and Ben did that overhead 360, which is something not too many people are doing in the barefoot world. And, um, and yeah, so we had a lot of fun. And then for me to get to go down there, almost every time I'm down there, they talk me into barefooting, which is fine with me. I, I usually just pretend like they're twisting my arm a little bit. But, right, uh, right. But yeah, so we we were out there and we did. I got to do some cool stuff. I got to learn how to barefoot and like jump over the back of the boat, like I'm sure you've seen in some videos. Yep. And uh, that's scary, but it's fun. I also saw that uh, sick new custom barefoot suit you yeah. got. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they hooked me up big time. Who's and that? Me out. Uh, the World Barefoot Center and Eagle uh, took good care of me there. And they uh, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I really didn't know that you could just do a custom one-off barefoot suit. And they're like, yeah, you can do that. Like, why wouldn't you be able to do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just figured you'd have to be somebody or whatever. And they're like, no, anybody can do that. Yeah, so we, work, we work with Eagle. Um, actually, I got a trick ski sleet sock right there that's a custom for TL Corn Fest. We were supposed to use those this year, but we got those custom 
awesome stuff. It's so sick. For a little extra money, it's totally worth it. And you're just way excited to put your suit on. And uh, I was due for a new one. The old one kind of had a little bit of a blowout on me. So, uh oh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we did that and, and I've fortunately with what's kind of been going on in the world, I've had a lot of time to do my own barefooting in uh, Claremont on Lake Winona. We got a Malibu response there and we've been playing around. I've had Dylan Miller out, I've had parks out and, uh, Mikey Conradi and just kind of been getting everybody to go barefoot barefooting with me. And we're, we're having a blast, you know, pushing each other a little bit, trying some new stuff, cranking the boom up high, learning Rayleigh's on the boom. And so I got to ask you about that, dude, because, um, that's, that's the one thing. So we, we we're kind of these like old school, like Midwest purist water sports guys. Right. And I have, I've barefooted behind the really high tower one time. And that was it. It was so easy to to me. I did it. It was at the Malibu Open, and I was in a pair of board shorts. And the barefooters thought I was crazy when I told them that I was going to do a deep water <laughs> behind their twenty foot tall tower. I was kind of goofing a little bit, you know, because that's my show ski mentality. And where I grew up, you know, we got made fun of if we barefooted on a skyline. Okay, now obviously, you know, a little extra pull, or whatever. I, I'm down. But I have to ask you about that because that wasn't even something – if you watch the videos that you're putting out from the WBC, you notice that the rope is much higher than it was when we were kids. So t tell me a little bit about um, barefooting like that and kind of where your head is at as far as – because what would Scarpa have done if he would have had that, you know? And what does Scarpa think of that? You know, I don't know what he thinks of it, but I'm sure he could have elevated things even more if he had it. It definitely – it gives you just a little forgiveness on your feet. I took a couple of crashes today, even when we were out and we didn't have the boom super high, but we had it pretty high and it just gives you a chance not to catch your head when you crash. It's a little um, safer. It's a, I think it's a little safer. It takes a little bit of pressure off your, you know, your feet or a little, you get, you get a little extra lift. It's kind of like wakeboarding at the cable, you know, where that ropes an extra, I don't know, 20 feet high there compared to I know, to but it took, it took, wake part like i i admit this on the show all the time 20 years ago when i first came to florida i didn't really see wake park i just saw cable riding being something that you did when you didn't ride on behind the boat and i did i never thought it was going to be its own real thing and now it's like it's its own real thing you know yeah yeah it's and I think it's kind of like that for barefooting too like the high boom thing has its own place it's like freestyle barefooting I don't know that we'll get too much for competitions that way. It'd be cool. I'd be all over it. Um, I'd be the, the novice guy there, but uh, I would be into it for sure. I mean, they're they're going behind the boat now in tournaments, but they are on that high pole. Yeah, and and back there, I mean, you can you can definitely tell the difference from the low pole. But uh, I mean, I appreciate the little extra help. I can, yeah. I can use it. I'll take the help if I can get well, it. Well, and I'm guessing this is probably a better question for the WBC guys, um, but I would only assume that the numbers of injuries in barefooting has probably gone down since they've started using uh, newer technology and safer technology. Perhaps. There's a good chance of that. Yeah. But then you got the purist, the old school guys. You just want to see people go out there and get beat the crap out of themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so on the video side, you fall into this one area. You come from a generation, a genre, an era of full-length movies, but you are also in this age bracket of people who come from this genre of 
really quick wham bam thank you ma'am videos um edits clips segments not full videos where do you stand because you have been a part of making one of wakeboarding's greatest uh feature films of all time but with uh with with prime happening and and debuting and coming out and premiering five years ago now um we haven't really had many more full features in the sport um are you obviously you're not happy to see them go but but where where do you stand in that i mean are you more on the side of like quantity with these smaller quicker edits or do you miss the days of the full feature I would say I miss people just taking a little bit of time to put some production value into something. So I love, you know, that Kilgis pushed really hard to, for Defy and for Prime to just make it the most epic thing you've ever seen. And it's a bummer that now we're just on our phones flipping through these videos. And most of the time people watch like five seconds of it and they're like, eh, eh, I've seen that. Eh, you know, whether it's, somebody doing a 1260, you know, or something huge, they're just like, eh. you know, so I wish that we could save those clips and take some time to shoot them right. And like, at least make a web edit out of it, you know, give me four minutes of awesome. If you can't, you know, give me 60 minutes of awesome. So I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I think my favorite length right now is like eight to 10 minutes where you get a little bit of a story. You've got some really cool stuff, but it's still quick enough that you're like, yeah, I didn't have to spend an hour to watch that. And, and it's something that you could produce in a month, you know, or less really if you wanted. Um, but yeah, I'm not crazy about the whole Instagram thing where it's just all iPhone clips and we're just throwing it out there. What about, but who is there to do? that now Kilgus I mean I know Kilgus is around here we've had him on the show we know he's around but he's kind of moved on um I mean is like are you is it something that you think about or is it just so not at the the end of the day you just have to put so much time that it's just there's no way that it makes any sense to you yeah so I mean I think a lot of the guys that were doing that have obviously moved on. They're working on commercial projects and whatnot. And maybe, maybe I'm the guy that's supposed to pick that up and and do it right now. But the, the hard part is getting funding. I mean, if people really just want stuff for Instagram, why would they pay me thousands of dollars to do it the way we should do it? You know, and to do a full length film, you can easily spend a hundred grand, you know, if you want to do it right and pay people their rates and, and fully, you know, is there any way to get that back when it's all said and done? I don't know. I don't know if, if, if we'll see it, I'd love to see it, but I don't know. Sadly, if I'm the guy that's going to fight for it either, you know, I, I gotta make a living and put food on the table or put gas in the boat. With that being said though, um, do you, do you have any passion projects aside? Like obviously we saw the barefoot edit that you put out. Well, I've saw the barefoot edit. That's a five minute edit. That was great. But I know that you can tell an even longer story than that, probably based off the five days you spent there. Um, do you have any, do you have any projects, uh, in the pipeline or dream projects, uh, that, that you're trying to fund or get done or do? There's, we, we talked about doing another barefoot video 
and we'd like to do something that could be 10 to 20 minutes. Um, I could see that being the next one and maybe, maybe jump into that this fall. <clears throat> but really right now, if any athlete came to me and said, Hey Jake, would you be down to shoot something? I would almost guarantee you that I'd say yes. As long as I have some time, you know, it's, um, I really enjoy working with athletes. Unfortunately, that's not always the highest paying project. So I end up working for the boat companies or working for the magazines and doing those things as a priority because as we all know, it costs money to live on the lake or, you know, to do what you want to do to, to live life on the water and skiing and whatnot. Um, so I would say I'd like to do some more passion projects for sure. And I'd love for them to be water ski related or toad water sports related. But um, right now we're just talking maybe about doing a barefoot one where we go and try to hit some different locations, maybe the St. John's river, uh, maybe try to find a spring that we could do like some underwater shots in for some starts and just, just do something different. That's fresh. And um, you know, just try to try to do it for fun, but hopefully help have somebody help us out with making it happen. Are you um, spending your time ever that you do any free time that you do have watching videos and stuff that people are uh, producing in our industry right now? And if so, like what, what are you watching? What are you, what are you into right now? So I definitely watch more videos than I probably should. And if people that hire me to do projects knew that I spent half my time watching YouTube videos, they might not be too happy, <laughs> but uh in all seriousness, yeah, I I like what like what Dave Av do, is doing with the drone stuff. It's sick. Like he's really freaking good at that right now. And um, um, uh, what is it? Uh, West Rock Wake Park has put out there a couple of like uh, what to expect in the corners and like some of those little bit more produced cable videos, which are more about like just teaching and like trying to share the sport. I love that. I think it's awesome. Um, but I've also been watching. Um, X Games just did this series where it's called Being. So one of them was Being Axel Hodges. And he's a motocross guy who basically made motocross work for him by being in this social media spotlight. And he wasn't really like they looked at him as just this rich kid. And now he's like blowing minds with what he's doing. And he had to earn his respect. And some of these pieces are really cool with, you know, interviews and action and, and like bringing it all home and like giving you a, uh, a look into what these guys have been through and, that's kind of what I'm starting to steer towards for like what I want to shoot next. I think is something like that where you're get a glimpse into what these guys are really like. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you, you, you've got a good crew that you surround yourself with. And I, I did want to um, give you a chance to kind of talk about some of those, some of those guys and girls um, you're riding and skiing and, and chilling um, and just uh, making memories with people like Beck Gange and Mikey Conradi and, I know you just dropped Dylan Miller's name uh, down there. Talk a little bit about um, the, the the Claremont crew and that lifestyle living out there because it has changed dramatically um, in the last ten years. I mean, there was, you, I mean, still, you know, some of the boys still live there, but there was a time when uh, every major name in wakeboarding moved to Claremont. Yep. So in 2013, when I moved there, the wakeboard camp was there, and Danny Harf was there. Parks Bonifay was there and um, many more. I'm drawing a blank right now on who else was right there. But but wakeboarding Henshaw, was... Rusty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So wakeboarding was happening every time you looked around the lake. 
on the glassy shoreline, there was wakeboarding going on. And now it's a lot more surfing than wakeboarding, but we've still got a solid crew out there. Um, Dylan Miller's riding all the time. Bob Sitchell's out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Beck's obviously riding a ton. And um, she's with uh, Jim Campbell. So those two are out like a lot riding. And then our little crew, we've got our little Winona Ski Club. And, uh, and we're barefooting and skiing and having a good time. So a normal day, everybody's out doing their sets. And then on the weekends, it's like, Hey, we're going to the middle of Winona, come tie up and let's hang out and, you know, float in the water and enjoy a, whatever's in the cooler and lake life, lake life. Exactly. And that's what I love. I mean, the fact that we can idle out there and have three boats tied together and just enjoy ourselves and, and relax and hang out. It's, it's really cool. And I'll definitely, you know, that'll be something that's important to me forever. Uh, before we get to the social media and your sponsors and any shout outs you have, if if we were to say, hey, listeners, watch this one project, this one edit, this one video, because this right here is what you what what represents who Jake Snyder is. Um, if you were to give somebody one link for for that, what would it be? Oof, that's a tough one. I think right now would be my most recent project. I'm really proud of the way that one came out. Um, and it and it highlights barefooting, which I think is such a small part of the toad water sports world that I'd love to shine more light on. I'd love to see barefooting just blow up. Those guys work so hard to be so good. And that's all they really get for it is bragging rights. And I wish that they were, you know, making big fat checks at contests or something, but it's just not really there anymore. So yeah, I'd say go watch or right our, now or right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say go watch uh, golden glass with Ben Grohn and Ashley Stebbings. Very cool. And then right after that, watch whatever, go to my social media and find whatever I post about, uh, our day here yeah. uh, today. Cause it's actually glassing out and it just rained while we were recording. And I think we need to get back at it. I'm down for that. All right, before we uh, finish this thing off, uh, I call it the three S's, the sponsors, the shout-outs, and the social media. If you have any of those three that you'd like to uh, touch on, sure. I say go for it. First and foremost, I would love to thank mom and dad. It's pretty cliche, but uh, without them, I would have never had the opportunity to do what I'm doing. I uh, was lucky enough to have a big safety net there. If things didn't work out, I knew I could move home and just go back to skiing on the Rock River there. But uh, if you guys want to see what we're up to, find me on Instagram, Jake Snyder Films. And uh, yeah. Anybody, anybody hooking you up? Man. I mean, the World Barefoot Center takes good care of me. They let me come down there and ski pretty much whenever I want, which is awesome. And if you want to learn how to barefoot, go down there. They're the best coaches you could possibly get. Just go book a day. You're going to be a little sore the next day, but you're going to love it. And you'll, you'll learn a lot in a small amount of time. Very good. Are you taking jobs at all? or? Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants a video, you can find me at uh, com, or, you know, through Instagram, feel free to send me a message and um, we'll see if we can make something happen. I'm sure we can. I'm, I've got some availability we can squeeze in and uh, I'd love to help somebody see their vision come to life. Very good. There it is. All right, all right, guys. Jake Snyder right here. Uh, JSF, baby. Jake Snyder Films in the house. Hey, dude, I appreciate you so much, um, but let's go appreciate this creamy butter out there. What do you say? I'm into that, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
That's it. That's all, my friends. Hang tight because I'm going to be back after a quick, quick, quick message from myself about the awesome sponsors that take care of this show. And that show, of course, is the Golden Mike Podcast. Oh, yeah. Guys, I know the weather is getting colder out there, and some of you are taking your boats out of the water. Well, since it's already out, why not use this time to give your pride and joy a little upgrade? Take your boat to the next level by adding the latest towers, speakers, accessories, marine audio, so much more from Roswell Marine. They've been doing it for over 20 years, and believe me when I tell you, they know how to have fun, and especially out on the water. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, and you know their products will perform reliably from the moment you install them and every day after that. Whatever you're looking for, be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find a dealer closest to you. The website, again, is roswellmarine.com. roswellmarine.com. SeaDeck Marine Products is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. Any boat, no matter what make or model, deserves SeaDeck. Head on over to SeaDeck.com, use the search function to find the nearest fabricator and installer to you. They have installers all over the world and they will gladly come directly to you to measure, design, and install at your convenience. Visit SeaDeck.com, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com to learn more and give your boat what it deserves and your boat deserves SeaDeck. You're welcome, everybody. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. All right, guys, that was our interview with the pride of Northern Illinois, Jake Snyder. It's always great checking in with him and seeing how far he's come before my very eyes. Do yourselves a favor and check out Jake Snyder Films on YouTube and check out that Keith St. Ange Barefooting the Chicago River video on the waterskiing.com archives over there on Facebook. So much good stuff. Before we get out of here, I just wanted to mention that stop number four of the Supra Boats Pro Wake Tour has happened. I was there in person And don't worry, I was able to socially distance the entire time. The footage will be released very soon digitally at ProWakeboardTour.com. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It was a lot of fun and some insane riding. I'm just keeping my lips sealed on who took the big W out there. Also, I'm happy to report that we have announced the winners of the TL Corn Fest Lake Lovers Challenge and the Hat Trick 3 Trick Line Contest. I want to thank all of you who submitted photos and videos of yourselves having a blast on the water. To see the winning submissions, head on over to TL Corn Fest on Instagram. All right, well, that's it, my friends. And an enormous thank you to Jake Snyder for joining us and to all the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, WSIA, Roswell Marine Active Water Sports, Master Line, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Radar, 
Boulder Boats, Ronix, Hyperlight, GoPuck, and Midcoast Customs. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashavich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. That's going to do it for today's episode, my friends. I thank you so much for tuning in. As always, 148 strong. Hey, I'm the Noise of the North. I'm Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Oh, yeah.